Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Here we are back on the Turned On podcast, and we're going to talk about a subject today that I feel like you know a little bit about, the art of the comeback. We are spending this whole entire month interviewing people and doing our podcast on a pivot, a comeback, a pickup. When you're, when you're down on the mat, how do you turn up, turn the volume back up and pick yourself up and like just start crushing it again? Mm. Yeah, I might know a little bit about that. <laughs> what do you know about LL? Oh, I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do I know about him? Well, you know, don't call it a comeback. I don't know what you're asking me. Just testing your hip hop knowledge. (laughs) I mean, I know a little bit about him. He was definitely in my era, but. What is your era? I don't know. Do you have an era? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. To my left is the woman who is well you're showing yep. you definitely you're definitely showing she's she's got a bun in the oven in the sixth month already yeah, yeah. so i feel like i feel like the oven is ready i think the turkey is done but we're not even close which scares me a little because we make very big children yeah both of our girls were very large yeah. at birth so this one might come out with teeth well here's the thing we don't want to be scared Okay. No. We want to see clarity. And and that's what this entire uh, series of Turned On Podcast is about. It's about seeking clarity. It's about uh, really, we, we use the word pivot, which seems to be a hot topic lately, right? Weird. Yeah. You know, I actually made a post on pivoting. I'm trying to think when the date was. It was well over five weeks ago. Let me look early. February 17th, I wrote about a pivot. And that was far before what seems to be going on right now in the country and everyone we're in right now we're in a quarantine. So a lot of people are talking about pivoting, like what happens when our normal has been disrupted and we have to pivot into a completely new place that feels mm-hmm. scary and uncertain. And it's essentially, I feel like it's been a theme of my whole life. So I'm, I kind of feel okay. Like, yes, I don't really know all the answers as to what's going on, um, in terms of, you know, this worldwide issue, but we kind of, we kind of agreed that we, on this podcast, we were not going to try and talk about that. Not because we're afraid, but because I want to bring life goes on. So, um, what we're going to give you today is five tips, uh, Mm -hmm. on on how to pick yourself up, five tips on how to, uh, kind of pivot if you need to. And these are going to be business tips. These are things that we've talked about, uh, for the last five years on our rise with intention calls. This a lot of this is coming out in my book called Turned On that's going to be released soon. And we really wanted to give you five things where if you feel like a change is coming in your business, 
what you need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. And so let's jump right into it. The first thing is something we just talked about, Ange, uh, is fear. You know, sometimes we throw that word around. And I'm going to ask you, uh, audience, do you seek fear? Do you seek anticipation? Do you seek change? Do you, do you anticipate change? Do you anticipate fear of change? Because those are two completely different things. And, you know. What do you mean do you seek fear? Like, are you one of those people that just kind of looks for it? You know, if you look for fear, it'll find you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're anticipating fear, like if you say, oh, my God, here we are in this big thing. What's going to happen? Things are going to change. Mm -hmm. And you go into it, that attitude, then you're going into it with oh, you, a yeah. fearful attitude. What you focus on. You exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So let's, let's take the current situation aside. Let's pretend like everything's normal. Um, you know, <laughs> the average person in this day and age will, will switch jobs seven to ten times over their lifetime. So anybody who thinks that, hey, you know what? I'm going to be here forever is probably mistaken. So I want you guys, part of the turn on philosophy is to always anticipate, not mm -hmm. saying we want it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, Hey, I, I want to change jobs several times because we need stability. Mm -hmm. We need it, but anticipate it, like be aware of it. Don't get caught on cruise control. Don't get caught on autopilot. Does that make sense, babe? Well, I think th that goes to, for me, for flexibility, you know, because um, when I look at obviously like when we look at from a spiritual standpoint, I'll just, you know, I always take it there. Um, there's not a lot of gray area, you know, it's, it is black or white, but there's not a rigidness to, to, you know, who God is in in sense, like, I think we get so caught up in the steps of things that we forget there's a flow that God created a flow. Like he bookended the day with night. So there's a flow to things, which means especially, if you are in business or you're an entrepreneur, you have to be open to that. Entrepreneur. You have to hate that. You have to be open to the flexibility. I mean, I think about when we did our turned on live event and we had originally booked it for a hotel, right? And already invitations were out, already promotions were out, already were people booking their hotel rooms there. And we were just like, you know, something doesn't feel right here. You know, we feel like we're going to lose intimacy if we do this the same way that we've always seen it done, essentially, in a conference-like setting. And we switched it literally last minute. What was it? Like a couple of weeks before. And we just said, you know what? We're going to pivot into this. Like, we're going to change the atmosphere in that room. So why do why does it have to look a certain way? And so I, it's a kind of a, a low-hanging fruit it's kind of a low hanging fruit um, example, but I wanted to make sure yeah. that we're talking about the flexibility of being in business is something as simple as that. Well, allow me to, you know, do what I do. And what I do is I relate it to a song. Is uh, that what you were doing? I'm yeah. Trying I was to trying to figure out the song. It's REO Speedwagon. You got me like off track when I was talking because um, you're bobbing your head. And that's how I flow, yo. Yeah. But I didn't know if you were trying to get me to stop talking. I probably was too. No, <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, but REO Speedwagon, those of you old timers know, there's a song called Roll With The Changes. Okay. And, and every time I feel like a little anxiety about what's happening in the stock market or in the business world or in my own life, I just say, hey, roll with the changes, you know, and I, that song pumps me up. <laughs> but we have to be ready. Um, you know, what, what Steve Jobs said is he said, um, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. So if we use that as our compass, then uh, 
you'll always find enjoyment and you'll be able to do and pivot and move because you're already doing what you love. You just might do it somewhere else. Now, have you ever gotten laid off, babe? Mm, I've been fired. Okay. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I've been laid off. Um, it was a blessing. I worked yeah, for- Yeah, I guess you could call it laid off. Get this story, guys. Weird. Listen to this. I worked for Miller Lite um, and I sold beer on South Beach. That was my territory. I had 25 bars and this was in 1999. I was, geez, I don't know how I was. I was a younger man, obviously. But if you, if anybody knows me, that's probably not a good job for me to be at. And, and even when I had it, I was like, this is too good to be true. Like they're paying me a salary based commission. Uh, you know, they give me a car allowance and, uh, and you don't have to wake up until like, well, you don't have to get on the road and do your job until like three because the bars aren't open. Um, so we got laid off. It was Philip Morris was the port of uh, the parent company of Miller Lite. And I remember one day they called us in and they said, Hey, guess what? And we're like, what? <laughs> They're like, you're not going to have jobs anymore. I'm like, Oh, okay. So that was a big pivot for me, but in a way it was a blessing, mm -hmm. but you have to be ready to go and you have to have something else. So what I want people to do as we get done with this first one is just acknowledge. Um, and this is about being alert. This is about not getting caught asleep. Know what's going on in your industry. Know what's going on with your particular company. Um, and just be aware. Start to look ahead. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be anxious. You don't want to every day checking the stock market or checking your boss or are we okay. But you do have to be alert. Well, I think that identity has a lot to do with this. So um, even if like you're, you're representing Miller, right, at the time. Well, if Miller became your identity... And when they went to lay you off, it would be really difficult oh, we're for talk you to pivot. That. Oh, okay. See, no. you didn't show you didn't, your you didn't see the show notes yet. Babe. I didn't. You're a step ahead of me. No, it's big. It's Pump the brakes on that. We're going to get I'm to that. A smart cookie. <laughs> so um, number one is just being alert. Number two is kind of like that seeing ahead of the curve. This is number two. So let's relate this to sports. One of the hardest things to do in sports, and I think I might have mentioned this before, is hitting a curveball. Any of you guys that have played baseball, you can hit a fastball, but man, a curveball is a totally different thing. Have you ever hit a curveball? I hit a curveball off John Rocker. Was it a curveball? Pros versus Joe. It had a curve to it. He jammed me. Let's not get into that. <laughs> oh um, in your space, to, to hit a curve on the internet? means you have to see it coming. And that, again, this kind of relates to, to the first thing is the first time you see a curve, you'll, you'll probably won't even swing at it because you're not expecting it. But once you start to recognize it, that's how baseball players become great because they see it. And when they see it over and over again, you can anticipate it. So I want you to look ahead of the curve. And what we can do is, you know, it's like surfing, okay? And I, I describe this in my book. If you've never surfed, the hardest thing to do is anticipate the wave. Mm -hmm. You know, you could sit there on shore and go, this looks easy. And then you go out there and you try and like, no, everything leading up to riding the wave is the most difficult part, anticipating which one to get on, prepping, turning, standing, paddling, all that stuff. So how would you relate that, Ange, in a, in a business sense is anticipating or seeing the curve? Mm. Well, I mean, and from a business standpoint, you have to ask yourself right now, well, maybe not right this second, but just right now in general, in terms of culture, where things are moving. You know, like the retail space moved dramatically with the introduction of social retail, um, influencers, bloggers, Amazon. 
that changed dramatically. That doesn't mean that there's no need for a brick and mortar. Like I love our local businesses, but we have to also be relevant in this space to where we provide that same kind of service because it moved so quickly. The travel industry, um, you know, travel agents still have a place. Obviously, we don't want to replace people with robots and internet because that's not what we believe in at all. But we have to anticipate the fact that this actually starts to kind of overtake the industry. And instead of being, you know, so wrapped up in your identity to, you know, be forward thinking and how you can actually be a player in the same industry that you love, even when it has changed dramatically. So let me ask you a question. What, what do you, what's another word for player that we, a a player in the industry, what's another word for that? And And it looks like this vision, a visionary, Mm -hmm. right? We, we know the visionary. So we all have vision, physical vision, but what would you consider a visionary? Someone who sees what Mm -hmm. ahead of the curve. Yeah. We we look at, yeah, Yeah. we look at the great minds of our time, like the Elon Musk. We look at, uh, you know, Steve jobs, these people as visionaries. Um, and we all have that, but some people are more in tune with it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and a lot of times what we talk about in speak up course and what we talk about in the turned on method is very simple. I told my, my first group of students last week, I go, I want you guys to just see with new eyes mm-hmm. and hear with new ears. It's my friends, listen up close, listen up close. The key to success in most of life is simply being alert, is simply being turned on. Mm-hmm. And I don't say that lightly and I don't say that boastfully because that's what our book is called. And that's what our program is called. It's true. To see with new eyes and hear with new ears, to be alert, because it's happening all around you. The greatest inventions of our time are just people who saw a need for something. Mm-hmm. They just said, hey, you know what? I can improve this. Or, hey, has anybody thought of this? Or isn't there an easier way? Mm-hmm. And most of these people, when we were watching that show the other day, uh, we watched a documentary on inventors. Here's something that's crazy. Most of the amazing inventors and people, they never went to college. Some of them even dropped out of high school. These are just people Me who thought too. differently. And then there's a lot of hard work at it. They invented and invented and invented. But turned on is about flipping that switch and putting excitement back into the areas of your life which have gone dead or gone dark or gone boring. And if you start to just get your butt off cruise control and say, no matter what industry I'm in, no matter what I do for a living, where's there a need? What am I seeing that maybe other people aren't? And then once you see it, you have to do a little bit of research. Has anybody tried it? Can I do it better? Um, How hard would it be? What kind of resources do I need? And if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to be an also ran Mm -hmm. and you're going to be a worker. Me too. And uh, me too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some people like to, and I'm not going to disparage that. It's a great thing, but I'm talking to the entrepreneurs out there. And I'm well, and people also just not just entrepreneurs, but if you are, if you're business minded, let me ask, let's spin this for a second. Because it can be really easy to complain about something in your industry. It can be really easy to talk about the problem or, you know, the, what, what's tangled or, you know, sort of the, the kink in the industry that you see, you know, and we've experienced it in multiple ways, just in different various businesses. We're like, yeah, well, oh, you don't want to be a dinosaur in the age of a Ferrari. Right. Where have we heard that before? I just saw it. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, so instead of just talking about the kink, you know, instead of, uh, you know, worrying about how this actually slows you down or you can't keep up, like, what is it that you can do? This is where a visionary comes in. 
how are you going to solve that? You know, what answers do you have to that problem? That's a visionary. Someone that says, hey guys, listen, this, what the way this is right now isn't currently working. So we expose it, right? We, we, we flip the switch, we turn the light switch on and we say, this is a dark spot. This is a kink in the hose. Um, this is an area that is causing us to get off of track or slow us down. And we're getting, we're falling behind and we don't want to be me too by just throwing something against the wall to see if it works. How can we change things, flip the switch in the favor of you, your business. And of course, in our philosophies, in our faith, where God actually can be glorified through the, that thought process and what it is that you speak into existence by, by coming into agreement right. with it. So, so this is an interesting, because we only have five here, and this one kind of comes into this part here, because I, as a late addition, guys, and what you said about this is, we, we have to be willing to almost be risk takers sometimes. Mm -hmm. And here's a very good example um, I put in my book. Do you guys know who really took a chance on the hit show Star Trek? I do because it's because I've told, told you the story a million yeah. times. Mm -hmm. But it's fascinating. Here's the thing. Star Trek is one of the most successful franchises of all time. You talk just not about the show, then the movies and, the, and then the, the toys and all this stuff. It's, it's a multi-billion dollar franchise. Um, you'll never guess who took a shot at that. Do you, do you want me to say it? Yeah, go ahead. Lucille Ball. Yeah, Lucille Ball. I Funny love woman, Lucy. Lucille Ball. Yeah. Um, Lucille Ball, for all, you, for all you women out there who are looking, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about the women's movement and strong women, do a little research on Lucille Ball. Mm -hmm. Like she was a, one of the pioneers because she played kind of a ditz mm -hmm. on the Lucille Ball show. Not one at all. <laughs> she was gutsy. She was, she was a, a bad you-know-what. Yeah, yeah, she was gutsy. What's that quote? This is really funny. Um, uh, she went, yeah. when she got creative control over her show, she came back in and she threw a script at the, um, Carol Burnett was telling the story. She, Lucille Ball threw a script back at the writers and she says, if this isn't fixed by tomorrow, you're all fired. <laughs> and then she looked, at Luce, uh, she looked at Carol Burnett and said, by the way, sometimes they put an S on the end of my name when I get like that. Lucille Balls. <laughs> Fill it in. So yeah. you have to be ahead of the curve. You know, um, I just, I just love those stories and I love people that think that way. And, and I think you can train your mind to be that way. If you're really in, if you're in the beauty industry, if you're in the sales industry, if you are in the car industry, whatever you may do, there's always room for improvement. There's always room to see ahead of the curve because the world is constantly changing. So needs constantly change. And if you're not thinking like an entrepreneur, if you're not thinking like an inventor, then you're going to miss something out and you could have a very good idea that just falls by the wayside. Okay. This one, Angelique, number three is my favorite. And I want you guys to pay special attention. Number three is because it ties so tightly into what we do. And I'm going to use a story. So there's a company called the art of homage.com art of homage. And it is a clothing company, not a sponsor. No, not a sponsor. <laughs> we um, don't have sponsors. Uh, it was started by a uh, hip-hop producer, rapper, and, um, and it's a Christian company. And here's uh, they have a hat and a shirt, and I, you might have seen me on it before. It, it says known, but it's got the, the O out of it, just all consonants. K-N-W-N. Just letting everyone. That's in. what it looks like without the O. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, but here's the beautiful part. If you go to artofhomage.com and you look at the description 
under this hat or shirt for known. It says, have you ever thought about what you want to be known for? It says, to know God and to make him known, that's what I want my legacy to be. And this is who the, the, uh, the inventor is. He said, I want to trust God with your creativity and talent, with my career, with my dreams and my doubts. And he says, as I continue to approach design from a conversational standpoint, I hope this one leads to rich conversations. Okay, so I love it and I use it because what do you want to be known for? This is number three in, in your pivot or your comeback. You, you got to ask yourself what you want to be known for. So what does that mean to you? identity um what do you are you ask me specifically like yeah. what i want to be known for you know <clears throat> obviously with being turned on we we see with new eyes um the lights get turned on the light flip the light switch gets flipped so what does that mean to me it's to wake people up yeah, what, have well, you ever thought what, about it this is have, a tough question have i thought about what, what I want Angelique to Nori want, if I said, what are three things like, because we have to look at it from a marketing stance stance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do the great companies do when they market? Are they trying to be a thousand things to a thousand different people? No. Or do they have one or two or three things they're known for mm -hmm. and they repeat them in a message over and over again? Mm -hmm. What car company do I use to talk about that? Volvo, mm -hmm. right? They were known for safety. We know there's different companies that are known for different things. So have you ever thought about what Angelique Nori wants to be known for? I, yeah, I want to, I like to be disruptive. Okay. Disruptive. <laughs> but disruptive. And, and when I'm, when I say disruptive, it's obviously for a cause disruptive for, uh, you know, and going back to art of homage, like to know God and to make him known. So that's disruptive. It's why is it disruptive? Because I'm doing it in the marketplace. The one place where everyone's like, can't talk about God in, in, with, with business. Don't bring him up. Don't say that. Don't be too God heavy. Take the scripture. I mean, I've had people tear my, my websites apart saying, don't do that. And I was like, uh, no, because that's what I want to be known for. That's, Perfect example. I am being disruptive. I will turn over tables for this cause. Perfect example. So what would happen if you started to do that and then you got a little bit of negative feedback and you went away from it? Then, then I didn't have resolve. There's two things. You, you don't have resolve and, and then you didn't have a chance to establish it because my friends out there listening, no matter what you do and you try to establish yourself, not everybody's going to give you a rubber stamp and say, that's great. By the way, that was told to me before I launched my website my, my angeliquenori.com website because it was God heavy. And I was told by several people, you need to change that. There you go. And I, I mean, I battled with it. I went to bed that night going, maybe they're right. Maybe I need to take that off. Maybe I need to change it. Maybe that, that narrative, you know, is valid. You and can't then, be all things to all people. No. And then all of a sudden I go, no, you know, bump that. Like I'm going to do this. And this is, what I stand for, and this is what I will not back up on my heels for, like, period. Right. It's, it's my identity. Well, so the old companies that we grew up on, or the, the old brands, if you grew up as a child of the 70s or 80s, you grew up on jingles. Mm -hmm. You grew up on commercials. Good to the last drop. Band-Aids stuck on me. Um, what are some other ones? Uh, like McDonald's, Burger King. They all had jingles. They all had things that we, we knew. So we're in a different age now. We are in the influencer age. We're in the media age. We're in the uh, internet, social media age. So, but you still have to brand yourself. Mm -hmm. And 
you can't have people going, hey, I know Angelique Nori, but mm, yeah, I, she, uh, she does a lot of stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and this is something we constantly have to be thinking about. And it's something we're working on ourselves mm-hmm. because we have a couple of brands. We know Speak Up is one. We know Turned On is the other. And, and now we are continuing to say, okay, what can we do to stamp these? Well, my personally, my whole life, like even going back to that original post that I wrote in mid-February about pivoting, my whole life was about breaking patterns. The, my whole life, everything was a pattern interruption. And a pattern interruption is a disruption. Flipping a switch, turning on a light in a dark room disrupts okay. darkness. So, so if Angelique Nori were to write a book and really brand this <laughs> the right way, it could be about that. This is true. You've been trying to get me to do yes. that for some time. I'm going to get pen to paper for you or <laughs> keys to keyboard. Okay, so that's the, that's the third one. So let's recap real quick. Um, the first thing is, are you, are you living in fear of change or you're, or you're anticipating change or at least being alert of it? The second one was, are you seeing ahead of the curve? Are you recognizing things and, and looking to see where your industry is changing? Mm-hmm. And the third one is, what do you want to be known for? Now, here's another one that is dear to my heart mm-hmm. because you could want to be known for something, right? You could, you could have that clear as could be. I know myself. I know my brand. I know my passions. It's this, this, and this. But guess what? You know that. What's the hard part, Ange? Articulating it. Getting other people to understand. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we know so clearly what, I, guys, don't you just see this? I, I know it. Aren't you, aren't you feeling me? The question is, if it's clear in your head and you know it, and that's your purpose, and that's your passion, okay, it's clear to you. But telling your story, getting people to buy into your story and making your story their story, mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. That's, that's where the heavy swinging in the home runs come, if you can get it. Can you articulate yours? Well, you know, let's, let's do this by the antithesis. How bad did I articulate my vision a couple of years ago when... <laughs> We were doing uh, we were doing some things, and the funniest part is, someone literally asked me what I was doing, and this was a, this is a former NFL player who I used to interview all the time, and I ran into him, and he basically said, "So what are you up to?" And I said, "I I sell shakes," and I was really stupid about it, and I felt really idiotic. And Angelique looked at me like, "I can't believe you just said that," but I wasn't prepared, and I didn't articulate it very well. <laughs> missed the whole story because our four-year-old came in here and was when I, when disrupting I was, the podcast. When I was talking to Simeon uh, and, and he goes, what do you do? Oh, whey protein. Whey protein. You said whey protein. I did. And I was like, I couldn't believe you said that. I got I caught up, I did, but I wasn't ready to articulate I, my vision. Because you hadn't ever exercised that at that point. But you know, were you doing Speak Up then? We had just started it. Okay. We had just started it. So what so, do you do, David Nori? <sighs> I help people articulate their vision. I help people speak their passion. I help people be more charismatic. You and, turn personalities, and I turn personalities into on. profit. So here's a couple, here's a couple of situations. And this is going to get, look, I just was very vulnerable with myself. I'm going to say something here. I hope nobody finds offense, but here's what happens. Oh, we boy. have people that say, I'm a thought leader. I do women's empowerment. I am a motivational speaker. I am a money specialist. And it's ambiguous, right? Well, it's a title. I know, but. 
if we're branding ourselves as just that and we're not going deeper, mm -hmm. then we get lost in a sea of people who say they do the same things. So mm -hmm. this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the hard work comes in. This is where you have to sit down with a pen and paper and go, how am I going to be different? How can I articulate this differently? And how can I be really specific? That way, if I'm in an eight-second elevator pitch, people can say, oh, okay, I got a good idea of what it is. Well, okay, three things. Is it specific? Is it solution-based? And is it searchable? So let's use yours, like speak up, turning personalities into profit. Specific, very. Searchable, absolutely. People are searching on different ways to, to create profit, right? So that could come up in a search. Um, and personality, obviously, in the time and digital age when we're trying to articulate ourselves online and come across as dynamic, searchable. Um, I mean, and then um, is it solution-based? It's totally solution-based. How are you going to do that? You're turning a personality into profit. We are making the dynamics of you in your industry, even the most diluted of industries, more profitable in your favor through that teaching. You know what's cool about that? And here's a great lesson for you guys out there is I came up with you, that slogan. Yeah. By the way. And that's what I was just about to say. Like <laughs> you helped me to do that so well. And sometimes you're going to need a little bit of help from the outside because sometimes you can see it, but the only way you can see if it works is bouncing it off other people. And other people will say, I still don't understand. And then they'll help you to clarify that. So you should have a trusted circle of people with great ideas who could really help you clarify your vision and articulate it. And we talk about that in the turned on method. We call it the core four. Actually, there's standards of, of those people that we make sure that they kind of check off the boxes so that we can have them around us to not only challenge us and encourage us, but also to see our blind spots. And that's a blind spot. Mm -hmm. Yep. And speaking of people who have really helped me to do this and, and business mentors, uh, Chris Harder, our friend, uh, was a huge help in the last five or six years, helping me to really brand myself and tell me what to do and not to do. And uh, he led me to a book that, yeah, my Lord, I mean, it's hard because it's called Lead Like Reagan. All right. So people would think, oh, it's a political book or and if you, whatever way you lean, you might have reservations about it. But forget the title. Okay, it's by Dan Quiggle. Okay, Dan Quiggle. It's called Lead Like Reagan. And it's for anybody who wants to really run a business, articulate their vision. Because let's face it, Reagan was known as the great communicator. I mean, he was a salesman and he was a great communicator. And in this book, one of the crucial questions, if you learn nothing else from this podcast today, write this down, ask it to yourself, put it on your wall, put it on your, on your computer somewhere. He says, if you ask those who are closest to you what your vision is, would they be able to articulate it? Just think about that. If you asked your spouse, if you asked your coworker, so the man Rice your business, what did I know. do? Yeah. Oh, wait, protein. I get it. Thank you. <laughs> Bringing up bad memories. If you asked, if you asked your neighbor, if you asked uh, just anybody, go, hey, what is it that I do? And they're going to be like, look at you like, what do you mean? Go, I want you to articulate what I'm passionate about, what I do for work, what my vision is for my future. Whey protein. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. The only reason, listen, I'm trying to articulate a point by saying that. Listen to those of you listening. <laughs> listen, listener. If your news feed, let's take this into social media, is filled with whey protein, not a vision. Okay. If, 
if it's about being a quote unquote entrepreneur, not a vision, what are you doing for the people who are watching? This is not about to list in your bio who you are. It's what service you provide. That is the difference when we're talking about the articulation of what you do is someone when they're ready in their mind or when someone jogs their mind with a question of, hey, do you know someone who can? Mm -hmm. Or they're in a conversation with someone that's talking about a pain point in their industry or their business. We're like, you know what? I need to introduce you to my friend, David Nori, because he actually works with people in industries just like yours to help turn the personalities of your staff, of your C-suite, of your company into profit, and he has the data to prove it. Boom. That is what he means by, artic like, can people articulate your vision? If your feed is just whey protein, then you're, maybe when they're looking for whey protein, yeah. you'll be memorable, but so will it's so a many painful, others. It's a painful memory, but it's a good learning lesson. But I'm just turning, hey. And let me give you a little learning lesson. There's, there, is a, there is an E and a U. There are two vowels in entrepreneur at the end. It's, it's not... It's not entrepreneur. There's, there's not a just a. I don't say just that. Just N R. You just did for a second. I, because of how annoying it is. Okay. When people say entrepreneur. Okay. With okay. the lips. Yeah. Coming out. So no, I can't do it. Are people going to be able to recognize your vision? And this is again, this is not the funnest part. I mean, it can be fun, but you're going to have a lot of erasing. You're going to have a lot of editing. You're going to have a lot of pitching it to somebody and they're going to look at you like, and you're going to like, Ugh, I thought I had it. I thought I had my mission statement. I thought I had my vision articulated, but they're not getting it. So don't get frustrated. Be open to the process. You have to be able to articulate your vision quickly and effectively because we live in a short attention span society and people will swipe or people will just turn you off mentally if they, you don't connect with them, okay? So that's a hard part. Let's get to the last one, one of my favorites. Here's the thing. We open this conversation up talking about the average person changing company seven to 10 times during their lifetime, okay? My dad worked for a company for 40 years. Doesn't happen anymore for the most part, okay? Even we look at our basketball players, right? Larry Bird, Celtic for life. Magic Johnson, Laker for life. Kevin Durant, what has he been with, 20 different teams? LeBron? LeBron's with a different team every year. So we see people don't stick things anymore. It's just the way the world's gone. So what you want to do is do not pigeonhole yourself to your company. That doesn't mean you can't really pump them up. That doesn't mean you're not proud of them. But man, when you lock yourself in and you pigeonhole yourself to your company and your company goes out of business or you want to leave someday, guess what? You don't have your identity. So the brand really is you. The product is you. I'll say it again. The brand is you. The product is you. For instance, if you say, hey, yeah, Larry, he's, he's a Microsoft guy. Susie, she's with Amway. And then all of a sudden, maybe you're doing great, and then Microsoft goes away, or they fire you. Amway goes away, they fire you, or you leave, whatever it may be. And they say, hey, what happened? Whey protein goes away. You're still Larry, <laughs> Microsoft guy. You're still Susie, Amway whatever it may be. So I want you to think about making Larry the product. Susie, you are the product. That goes back to what you want to be known for. 
right? If we talked about what you want to be known for, that's the product is you, then you can pivot and you can move and you can pick up and go because you have established value in your identity. This is a significant monumental shift in the way business is done in this decade compared to every decade before it. Every decade before it, hey, I'm a, I'm a Chrysler guy. My uncle was a GM guy. Now, no. Now you are the product. It's just the way the world is changing. If you can get that, you're going to be successful. We have a niche market, right, Ange? Mm -hmm. If you have a niche, this is one of the things you have to think about. What is your niche? What are you good at? Because the world is full of thousands, if not millions of niche. So if you can get something that you're good at and you can attach that to who you are and why you are special and what your worth is, right? Think about what your worth is. You're a commodity. If Angelique's a brand and, and, and she has worth and everything that she's done from the time she graduated high school and has done has contributed to her brand and her commodity and her worth. And she has to be able to market that in an effective way. And it has to be able to pivot and move with the changing economy and the business landscape. So think about, think about some things like even like niches that have really taken off. And these are people who have been entrepreneurs and they've done something. Can you guys think about maybe a, a coffee niche? Hmm. <laughs> maybe. What's the, these are stupid questions because there's going to be ones that pop into your head. And that's why I say this. Can you think of, a, can you think of maybe a Mexican burrito niche? <laughs> I don't know, right? Uh, maybe a yogurt company. I don't know. You know, these are all things that people did, but, you know, whether you're an individual or a company, you have to be know that it's the little things that count and you have to be ready to be the product. It has to be you. Now, those two things are a little bit diametrically opposed because we're talking about somebody who started something and that is their product, like the, the owners and the inventors right. versus somebody who's a worker. So let me separate those mm -hmm. two well like we started turned on so it's it's our baby and you don't want to ever let that go but the point is is that david and i know who we are so even if the name turned on wasn't ours and we didn't have that like we would still be doing what we're doing that that doesn't just be just if the company goes away that doesn't change what we do it doesn't change what we're committed to it doesn't change what we think about when we go to bed at night, what we think about when we wake up in the morning, what we think about when we're talking to people, what we think about in the marketplace, what we think about in our marriage, what we think about our faith, it's always like getting turned on, right? So <clears throat> even if that did not exist, it doesn't change who we are because that's part of our identity and it's part of the little things that we do on a daily basis to flip the switch, right? It just happens to be the semantics that we use to relate it to people like you. Um, now, if if I'm somebody that is a, has someone's articulated that vision to me and they want to be a part of it, then that's discipleship, right? But my my wish for people, when I say, you know, we are committed to being disruptive in the marketplace and getting people turned on in that area, is because I want them to rise as the leader that they were created to be. To for them to be to rise as the disciple, for them to rise as the thought leader, the, the visionary, whatever, not just to be a turned on disciple, right? I want for them to be turned on, period, which means, it, back to the divine order, they're turned on to what 
God says to them intimately before anything comes out of David or my yeah. mouth. Like they need to know that. And if they don't, and they come to us, we say, okay, that's the first step. Go back there. Because once that clarity comes there, once that disruption of the darkness that they're living in, looking for the answer happens, then they'll be turned on to their themselves, how they need to behave, what they need to do on a daily basis. Then they'll be turned on in their family, home life relationships. Then they'll be turned on in the marketplace and how they serve and activate those gifts that they now know they have. Amen. That's the difference. Yeah. So let me, let me give you some examples here because I want to make sure that I was clear on there. So, cause some of those, you wouldn't say, well, the product isn't them. No, here's the thing. There's a difference between a business that you know and love and, and an individual worker, which is you or an entrepreneur. Um, the product is them. They do have a niche. If you look at that we'll just say that coffee company that just comes to your mind, their niche is they've created an environment where people want to go and hang out and work and, and socialize. That is a niche. There's other coffee companies who have tried to emulate that and, and model that, and they haven't done it as well because maybe they weren't first or maybe they just haven't been established. If we look at that burrito company, there are many people who serve Mexican food. There are many companies that serve burritos, but why were they successful? Because they were fast that was their niche, and they were fresh. That was their niche. If they weren't fast and fresh, they would have been a has-been, and they would have moved on, mm -hmm. okay? For me personally, for my company, for Speak Up, there's a lot of people who teach public speaking. There's a lot of people who do that. I see advertisements every day. My personal niche, what I think separates me, is I use pop culture, I use storytelling, and I use fun and I make it interactive, and you are not only the student, but you are also the coach. Those are two or three little things that you will find if you take my course that are much different than anybody else's course. And, and I feel like that's what I'm going to hang my hat on. Mm -hmm. The product is me, because I look and I say, you can take 10 different public speaking courses. Totally different. And, and you could get different things out of them, but I guarantee with mine, it's going to be unique. So- mm -hmm. And I'm going to hang my hat on that. And I'm going to sell because that's who I am. When we talk about our God-given gifts, and I struggled with this. So here's another lesson for you guys. I struggled my whole life saying, geez, I got a lot of knowledge about pop culture. I got a lot of knowledge about music. I watch documentaries. Is this all wasted? And then God said, hey, guess what? No, because you're going to use those documentaries. You're going to use that knowledge of pop culture to make it fun and easy for other people to speak up and articulate themselves. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it just came together and, and I'm working in my gifts. And I don't say that to boast. I don't say that to be arrogant. I know it's good because I've seen the results and I know I've been on the other side. I've been in conferences where I've, I've had the drool coming out of my mouth and I've been looking at the <laughs> clock and my, my, I have two rules. I have two rules my, for my speaking. Go with what you know and don't bore people. I mean, I keep it simple. Think about this. If you go with what you know, you can't go wrong because we're talking about stories. We're talking about life experience. You don't make that up. You know it. You can't mess up when you're speaking. And then don't bore people. You have to find ways to keep people's attention because, again, we're in a low attention span society. So I get passionate about this stuff, um, and I want you guys to get passionate about it too. Well, I can tell you're passionate about it <laughs> just by sitting here because you're all hyped up about it. And it is, it's very, very different. And this is, by the way, this is not meant to sell the course, but, um, you know, and that's again, going back to number four about articulating your vision, David used to kind of equate it 
a lot with, you know, helping people um, get better with public speaking and body language and tone and inflection. And it was sort of a run on sentence of, of what he was doing. And he would talk about the different components of, so here, this is for you, listener. He would talk about all the different components of what he did. He would say, this is some of the stuff I do in this class is some of the, and I would just, I would be sitting at a, a lunch meeting with them or dinner and I would like kick them under the table and almost say, what, why are you talking about all of the ingredients to your recipe rather than just saying, and then I would interject saying, basically he turns personalities into profit. So let the unfolding happen once people are in, right? You don't have to unpack the whole thing. Going back to <laughs> whey protein, if that's what you sell, don't talk about all the different components about your whey protein, right? You don't have to sell it that way. There's so many different ways to be remembered when people are looking for insert the solution. Then they can go on their own rabbit hole looking for the information. Then they can ask you more questions to unpack it. And that's where the little things that count come in because there will be a difference in the way that you do it, listener, and the way that you do it, David Norrie, than someone else because others can very easily just barf on people with more information that's up to our eyeballs. And we just don't need that anymore. We're, we've got enough. Yeah. We so have enough. That, I'll, I'll leave with that. That's Annette Simmons, which she just quoted. Um, it's from a book called whoever tells the best story, whoever tells the best story wins Annette mm -hmm. Simmons and paraphrasing. She says, look, we don't need more information. We're up to our eyeballs and information. What people want is faith. They want faith in you. They want faith in your product. They want faith in your story. And once you're able to make your story their story, you've tapped into the powerful force of faith. Now, that was well done. I said that from memory because, <laughs> because I've used it so much, mm -hmm. and, and it's such a powerful statement. You guys, you've, you've probably received a 1,000 messages already today, no matter where you are. I don't care if it's 8 o'clock in the morning. I mean, we're just bombarded by information and messages. People want to believe in you. That's why we're in a political season right now where – they're going to tell you everything they want to tell you. They can lay out their points. And, and yeah, it's important to know where they stand on the economy and social issues. But you're probably going to vote based on the feeling you get from somebody, whether they're telling the truth, whether you have faith that they can execute the vision. And that's what it comes down to. So my friends, when you are out there and you're thinking about pivoting and you're thinking about picking yourself up and starting over, I hope these five things have helped you. And just remember, you will be able to pick up and start over because you will have the faith in God to do it. Amen. Have a great day. We'll see you next time right here on the Turn On Podcast.